Hey, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Uh, not too much. Just hanging out in my Airbnb in Italy. Oh, in Italy. Wow. And, you know, our little timing count thing that we do, uh, I think it actually was like more on beat and faster than when you're normally at home. So props to your Italian uh, Wi-Fi connection. I will say the internet here in Modena is pretty good. It's pretty good. Been Modena, streaming. Where is Net- that? We've been stripping, s- stripping. We've been, okay. we've been stripping. We've been streaming uh, episodes of Rest Development all week, and it's been totally fine. Oh, uh, yeah? That's mm-hmm. nice. How was the trip over? Where Where are you? Like, West Coast, East Coast? Uh... So, I'm in Modena. It's sort of uh, it's sort of in the middle, uh, sort of on the left side, on the west side of the, uh, of the boot. Middle west. Okay. But um, it is coast great. It's, or... No, no, not coast. It's in the middle of yeah. the country, but oh, it's... Okay. Um, it's a great little city. It's really cute. It's very small, actually. Um, I think it's it's actually is it smaller or as small as Richmond? I don't know. Um, but it's it's very small. It's really nice. Great food here. We are going to be eating at um, a place tonight. I'm going to forget the name of already. Uh, but it's the sort of secondary restaurant of the big famous three-star Michelin restaurant here in Modena. Nice. Is this a, so you're there attending a friend's wedding. Is that right? Yeah. So the wedding already happened. Um, Oh, it did. Yeah. The wedding was two nights ago. It was incredible. It was the most extravagant, most beautiful wedding I think I've ever seen in my life. And it was totally a really chilled out version of a wedding for for Italian standards. That's amazing. Wait, 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 wait. So you like got there, unpacked, and then just went to the wedding? Because you've only been there for like how many days? Two, uh, three? Four <laughs> days, actually, so far. We uh, got there. We went to Verona. So we started in Verona. We, it was just me and Abby. We flew into Verona. We hung out there for one day. And then the next, and we hung out with Francesco, the uh, Italian photographer that we know there, who was getting married. Hung out with him yeah. all day. And, uh, then the following, and then went to the rehearsal dinner the night before, which was basically just pizza restaurant. It was awesome. Um, and hung out with this family and met a bunch of really, really amazing Italian people. Um, we know a little bit of Italian, but not really enough to get by. We sort of try. I mean, a couple glasses of wine solves that problem for everybody. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Italians love that we're trying, which is cool. And a lot of them can yeah. speak a little bit of broken English, so it actually works out. Plus, Google Translate is great. Um, and so, yeah, so we hung out in Verona, and then the next day was the wedding. We hung out for, we, I think we went on a short hike. Yeah, we went on a short hike through Verona and went up to this really cool park. Um, and then, yep, later that night we went, or later that afternoon we went to the wedding. And it was on this absolutely insane looking i guess like old estate from the hmm. i think 1400s like or something no like a, a an like old a castle just, it was similar to a castle it was basically like an hmm. old mansion um cool. and it had but it had castle parapets i mean the thing was just ridiculous massive plains and fields all around it and francesco and his uh wife and she were 
um, symbolically married. They've been married for like a year, but, um, yeah, I was gonna say, so were there other Americans around? Cause she's, she's an American, right? Yeah. She's from yeah. California, I think. And they met in California so had- they got married like four months after they met. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, a year and four months later, it stunk. So I think, I think, uh, it, it's, it's, they're here to stay, which is good. Um, That's awesome. So you yeah. actually had other, like, I assume some of her family came in and you weren't just in a, in a bubble of, there were some other Americans there and we English speakers. Yeah. They put us all on one side of the table and all of the, uh, all smart. the people who couldn't speak English on the other side, which is great. But it was this, it was crazy because first of all, the wedding itself was held on outside and uh, under this big tree. And, um, there was so much crying involved that I think it's kind of like amazing, hilarious, beautiful, cute, everything all together. They mm-hmm. just, he just saw her and started bawling. And then, so she started bawling and then they met each other in the middle of the aisle, which was crazy. And it was totally just unscripted, they didn't have a rehearsal or anything. They just were like, okay, no, walk cool. down the aisle. It was really cool. Um, and then afterwards we ate the, again, just unbelievable cheeses and fruits and stuff. They're vegetarian. So there wasn't any meat, but the, they had this fresh burrata Ooh. that's just sitting out. Oh my God. I, I, and my mouth is watering just thinking about it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So then we went and had this crazy dinner and it was Italian style. So they were just bringing out plates of pasta and we would just share it around. Uh, oh, everybody gosh, got to yeah. know you each said other. Vegetarian. And for some reason I thought vegan and, and I was like, Oh no, is there, are there going to be any milks and cheeses? He, and, and- he said, he said he's vegan in America, but it's impossible to be vegan in, in, uh, Italy. It's the cheese is too good. You just have, you just have to do it. It was just an amazing, amazing dinner. And what I loved about it was that it was just one table. There was only 48 people, but it was just one table Mm -hmm. with everybody at it. And people just kind of revolving around Francesco and Angie, just saying hi, congratulating them, telling them how beautiful everything was. Um, And then afterwards, there was a little bit of dancing, but mainly a lot of just kind of hanging out and having a good time. And, uh, I, I, it was incredible. We stayed there till I think one or 2 AM and, and left. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, the, I'm trying to think the last time I was in Italy, I think I shot a wedding there in 2015 and, nice. uh, I was the only person that could speak English oh, really? <laughs> other than, other than the, the groom, the bride could a little bit, but not much. And like nobody else, but, um, yeah, it's yeah. it's a little bit of a challenge mentally, but once you actually are out at like a gelateria or whatever, actually ordering some food, it doesn't matter. You can get by, yeah. no problem. And kind of the nerves go away once people sort of smile at you and like, oh, you're American. Okay, well, yeah, here's yeah. some tortellini. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so then after that, we came down to Modena yesterday and we've been the craziest part to me is that we've been driving and it's a incredibly harrowing experience to drive <laughs> in this country. <laughs> um, although there are parts of it that aren't so bad. And I think when it comes down to it, honestly, New York traffic is probably worse than Italy traffic. Yeah. Probably parts of DC too. Um, yeah. DC it's... traffic is intense too. 
once but, you just get a little bit of a sense of like the the tempo of, of things how people drive how close they are like the, the almost like the personal space of yeah. uh, cars on the road uh, it, it, it's not bad yeah um, and people did are, you get gas yet yeah i got gas fortunately was it weird it was no they just came out and and filled me up it mm. was it wasn't too bad it was like anywhere in jersey basically oh okay i hate that but it's easier than oh yeah it was to deal with totally easy it's like which one you want petrol and he's like okay throw it in <laughs> and it it worked out he was like ah bon bon voyage bon voyage or something dang it i can't remember what it is but basically but, uh yeah i don't know good luck on our trip every country's great. got those words that they say hello and goodbye with but yeah um cool so, man well you yeah. you were missing um me being sick with a mm. cold and right. a a hurricane that I actually am bummed about. I <laughs> I was like, of course, a huge rainstorm comes in right when I leave. I love rain. So I swear, this year I had a wedding uh, yesterday, and um, it actually was able to be outside. Uh, just the, the seriously, the the weather's been hour by hour. Wow, here the past week, just changing where it's like blue, fluffy white clouds to overcast, tropical rain to just misty fog like i just this whole year really has been just horrible for weather and rain uh in the sense that you know it throws wedding plans out of whack um it's kind of a cool vibe yeah but man it's just nonstop. and then this hurricane has been throwing me for a loop because i have a workshop in atlanta next weekend or sorry, next week. And the hurricane's going to swoop right by Atlanta. Uh, but I think by the point it gets down there, it'll be mostly just rain. No, no danger or threat to flights, hopefully. But, uh, I think for a while there, they were like, yeah, Lynchburg, Richmond, Virginia, all those were going to get like a couple feet of rain. (laughs) Apparently (laughs) they, they opened a shelter in Richmond and nobody came. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, going to be all right. But, um, cool. So you're just on your journey. Uh, are you taking any pictures at all? Or are you just trying to disconnect from photo Not taking? really. I have my camera with me, but I haven't really been taking it out that much. It's, I've just kind of been trying to experience it. I actually did take some photos at the wedding, um, towards the end of the night after their photographer, Luca, who's the man, um, left. I was going to ask, so who shot it? A guy named Luca. I'm going to forget his name. Hold on. Um, and yeah, he's Italian. He's from, uh, Napoli and he was really great. He's a very sort of romantic style, very similar to, uh, to Francesco. Um, and I think he, he's already posted a couple of, of images from the, uh, wedding yesterday and it was, it was Mm -hmm. great. Um, Did they also have videography or? Nope. It was just, um, just Luca, Luca, Luca Varchetta, Luca Varchetta. Varchetta. Sorry, Luca Varchetta. Varchetta. Uh, he's nice. he's cool. And yeah, so he actually spoke a little bit of English too. So we were able to to chat a little bit. And yeah, he did a great job. But after I think twelve or something, he left. And then there was a, Fra wanted a couple more pictures. I had my C seven fifty with me, so I shot a couple. And I got nice. maybe one portrait of him that'll work. So we'll see. It's a shame that, uh, yeah, that Z7 couldn't have been in your hands before a big trip like this. I know. It would be perfect. I'm pretty sure it's shipping um, 
Thursday of the week that I leave on Wednesday oh. for Austin and then India. Oh, no. So, there's a slim, narrow chance if it ships <laughs> and I like get it on, if it ships and arrives at my house on Friday or maybe Saturday that I might be able to pick it up on Sunday in between flights from Austin to India. But I'm so desperate to have that on my India trip. I know. What day, um, what day is, is that Thursday? Shipping the... day for the Nikon Z7 should be Thursday the 27th. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and if I it, should... Oh, I might have it a couple of days before I go to my sister's wedding, too. Not that I'll use oh, it for that. that'd be awesome. It'll be fun. To have yeah, I mean, any reason to just be out with a camera other than have to create stuff while you're at home <laughs> So in the backyard. We should talk very briefly about this, just because I, we th- I think we both think it's interesting. But So I ordered my Z7 with a 50-millimeter lens and the uh, ZTF adapter. FTZ. FTZ, sorry, FTZ adapter, minor dyslexic. I think at least a week or so after you did. I think a week after you did. Oh, yeah. So we're going to monitor. So we're going to monitor that. But I think that I answered my priority shipping message from Nikon literally instantly. Like, I think I did it within seconds. I double-checked, and the first time I ever ordered something directly from Nikon was the D850 last year, and they did not send that like priority shipping very strange i've never heard of this before either so yeah so they were just purely asking us to from what i recollect uh paste our order number and confirm that we want priority shipping yes right that's literally as nps members uh pretty silly i think yeah it'll be interesting since you got to it within five minutes and i took like five hours even though i placed my order first i wonder what they're going to prioritize for shipping i have a feeling they may actually take and prioritize the people that got back to that second survey. Um, oh, interesting. I think that they may prioritize that. Otherwise, why even bother? Yeah, it doesn't. Just I don't understand what that the is. the orders as they came through, then when are they actually going to start looking at the survey that came? Like, when does that... That makes no sense. So it, unless there's like yeah. a block of orders, maybe there's like a thousand quantity or something like that. And it's like, okay, first thousand people to reply to the survey, get it. Yeah. And in that case, they're just prioritizing the survey. I have a feeling they're going to do that, um, which is kind of frustrating yeah. because you don't know when that email is ever going to come. No. If, if that becomes just, like a regular practice. Oh, dude, I, I was driving when I got it and I stopped at a stoplight, filled it all out and like went stoplight to stoplight filling it out <laughs> i was like i'm doing this right now don't do this at home yeah kids. don't yeah don't um, follow my example i think i actually saw it and thought it was some more of just like a hey we got your thing just letting you know you know letting you know we got it i didn't realize it was something i had to really get to until yeah yeah well after you so it will be interesting we'll, we'll have to do a follow-up uh you know on a future episode hopefully the next episode uh one of us will have the thing in our oh, hands I'm so excited yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, I'm guessing you did not wake up super early. Although with the six hour time change, you could have been up at a comfortable hour to mm. pre-order the new iPhone and Apple watch. Yeah. First of all, I'm not going to pre-order the new iPhone. Secondly, yeah, you don't care I, about that stuff. I, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't catch it. I was asleep or okay. something. Uh, just to spill some, some insight, they launched three phones. Um, I'm super, uh, excited about, um, I would say the Apple watch that they launched. Yeah. Um, they it, looks, launched, it looks interesting. Yeah. They completely rebuilt it. It's much thinner, huge, like edge to edge, almost edge to edge, uh, face now. And it's, um, 
like all new sizes, which freaked me out because I thought for sure my wristbands wouldn't fit anymore. But they do fit. All your legacy bands will fit just Great. fine, which is awesome. And there's the no reason watch for them face, not to. The watch face is huge, and the watch itself. One of the breakthrough features that it has is a built-in EKG heart meter, where it literally takes the electrical pulse measure, not just, wow. inf- not just the, uh, the light meter That's cool. through your skin. Like you literally hold the digital crown and that closes the electrical circuit between your body and the watch. And it can measure and take an actual, like, m- you know, medically accurate EKG. And, and you can send that to your doctor and it, it can make analysis, like really, really accurate analysis about, uh, you know, AFib, if, if you have, mm-hmm. um, you know, a fibular, fib, fibril, I don't know anything about it. I don't even know how to say it right. But like all these different heart diseases or, or potential like warning signs, they can monitor just with like the accuracy of crap you used to have to strap to your body in a, in a doctor's office, right? Now it's just on your wrist always. Awesome. Uh, which is fantastic. And it's just Atrial a more beautiful frib- fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation. Yeah, AFib is what they just AFib. say it f- for short, for easy. Anyway, um, I'm really sad they're discontinuing the white Apple Watch because I love white uh, for my watch. But they launched like this stainless steel rose goldy look, which is kind of nice, and a regular stainless steel. So I went for like the silver stainless steel because I've cool. never owned one. And um, Anyway, and then the, yeah, the iPhone's interesting interesting move they launched three two of just like sort of uh new faster iphone x they're calling it the xs xs and then the, sounds and then the xr then the xr is essentially the iphone x i think that i have now but with the new faster processor and um a variety of colors so it's sort of okay. like slightly cheaper more accessible version and yeah it doesn't have the dual cameras on the back it does have the dual like face all of them have face id no more touch id right um and all of them have true depth uh face selfie cameras right and they also cameras are are totally different they're also edge to edge all edge to edge but Mm -hmm. i think the xr is just an lcd versus an oled oh yeah i forgot about that i mean um, yeah there's like subtle differences honestly for 99 percent of people that want a new iphone like just get the xr yeah you don't need unless you want a giant phone then get the x s max max right okay i swear to god their naming schemes are just it's almost like they're doing it on purpose like just naming things the worst stupid things just because yeah We're, we're now calling them iphone x s max what XS, is that? XS Max. XS. See, XS, that just... It just I'm sounds sorry, like sounds XS. Like, it sounds yeah. like no one needs this. We're making it, but... Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're destroying the world with it, and no one cares. It doesn't matter. This is the first time I actually am excited to uh, not lay out 100% of the funds up front. I am doing their like uh, upgrade program where it's like you oh, just nice. pay monthly. It's like 60 bucks a month and you can trade it in for the next one. And basically I'll be paying $60 a month until the end of time now. But it beats, you know, $1,000 a year up front and then maybe uh, yeah. or maybe not selling the phone on eBay uh-huh. to recoup costs and all that. So. Yep. But their new, their new um, A12 Bionic uh, processor is insane. Uh, I mean, just it's, it's got an eight core neural engine, a dedicated eight core neural engine that is built into the thing. And and what it does is like, 
on the device it can it can uh do like machine learning and and all this uh like neural processing uh that i don't think any other chip has had before uh, they've had to like do other things to take care of that but um it just sounds like a, a crazy crazy like apple's chips in general i would not be shocked if within a few years they're actually making all their own laptop chips and are, and don't use intel anymore Interesting. Uh, I think Intel has actually been a big reason why a lot of their laptops in general have had bottlenecks and delays and, and haven't kept up with like the refresh uh, rate that Apple would like is literally just because of Intel's uh, bottlenecks on their end. Yeah. And just, yeah, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Apple's iPad Pro, which has Apple's own uh, chips in it, is actually faster than the MacBook that I use. Oh, really? In, in oh, the 2012 test. MacBook? Or the 12-inch um, yeah. MacBook? Uh, tw- the 12, yeah, the MacBook oh, Adorable. Yeah. Um, anyway, exciting hey. times. I did stay up. I somehow <laughs> took my phone, put it under my pillow, and slept for an additional 45 minutes. So I think I'm going to be a little bit late in my uh, you know, shipping queue because <laughs> oh, I didn't okay. get it within the first five minutes, unfortunately. My alarm just did not wake me up until 45 minutes later. It's all good. Bummer. But it's okay. I'm pretty sure all of these things will also arrive right before, or sorry, right after I leave for India. Yeah, it's, so it is what it is. It is, yeah. But what's new in the photo world? Um, any any fun? Sh- when's your next wedding? After your sister's wedding in October? Um, I don't know what I've got uh, coming up. Actually, I've got one in November, and otherwise, October's looking pretty slow for me. Okay. Yeah, but, I've um, got a pretty crazy week, and then it's just like I had to block off time for uh, a friend's wedding I'm attending in Texas, and then yeah. this conference in India. But next week, I'm super excited. I'm going to Atlanta, assuming it's still there. <laughs> I think it'll <laughs> the be all right. hasn't taken a turn. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. But um, I'm actually going to a baseball game as well uh, with oh, nice. some folks from Shoot Proof on Monday. And then Braves Tuesday, game. yeah, a Braves game, yep. I don't actually know who they're playing though. Uh, and then Tuesday we're recording the workshop. Nice. Uh, I've got a small group of people attending a workshop and I'm bringing in a video crew and they're recording the whole thing. Very exciting. I'm going to give it for free to everybody that attends the workshop that day. And then it'll be up on my Patreon uh, as it's ready. It's going to take a while to edit, I'm sure. But um, Cool. I'm, re- yeah, yeah, I'm it's excited. Be the unfiltered and hopefully better than real life. Cause I can edit, they can edit me to sound smarter <laughs> <laughs> than I actually am throughout the whole day. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how that all turns out. I just really hope for the best in terms of weather. I don't mind shooting in rainy weather. I just hope it doesn't delay anybody trying to fly in. Yeah. But, uh, this has been years in the making. Finally, a video, uh, kind of series of my workshop. So I'm pretty excited about that, but cool. Yeah. I'm really excited um, to, to see that too. Yeah, it's going to cover uh, almost everything I do. Yeah, Basically, September, all, the rest of September and all of October is dedicated to moving in a bunch of random uh, either annual or like event shoots or um, or engagement sessions in uh, cool. October. Uh, I just signed a contract to get branding started with the uh, um, kind of beginning stages of this little photography project you and I are working on. Yep. Uh, so cool. hopefully that'll, that'll be rolling, uh, and probably almost done, uh, 
about mid-October. So we can talk more about that as it as it rolls out. As, but, as it goes, yep. That's yeah. going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I can hear your laptop fan just like going oh, crazy. Oh, yeah, is it going? Apparently um, recording audio is just uh, taxing for a, computers. It's it's tough. Well, it's just really it's a video that I think is the issue. But, oh, the Skype call. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not even recording on my, I'm actually recording with a, a mic that you've given me, which oh, yeah. is pretty interesting Sennheiser mic going in directly into my phone here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, sorry, uh, listeners, about the variability in our recent uh, few episodes. We've just had to kind of improvise recording situations as we're just trying to keep some <laughs> uh, consistent, some relevant episodes but... coming out. But uh, yeah, if you like the sound of Nathan's voice in this recording, it is the Sennheiser. It's like a two hundred dollar lav mic that yeah, has a lightning port. Let's see if I can look up the model digital. number. It's clip uh, mic digital. Yeah. Yeah. I use it for all my videos uh, that I do or kind of like critiques and stuff on Patreon. It's a pretty great mic and it just plugs right into your iOS device and um, it's super, super, super small. I mean, it's as small as you could probably make a mic. Yeah, it's tiny. Unless it's in a phone. Yeah. Probably be um, good. I don't for know if I've ever talked about what I record movies, with. So. I use the Shure SM7B, yep. which is a professional grade, like 400 something dollar mic. Yep, um, on a on a boom stand. Really good for in a live environment, which is where I've always used them. It's great for vocals, and I love it on hi hat. And um, yeah, it, it does a, a really, really good really job. Nice of, job. It's a very focused pickup pattern, so you it just rejects a lot of like echoey room noise or bleed from other instruments, which is why it's great on like a drum kit for hi hat, like you said. Uh, a lot of people freak out. Just to, I guess we're kind of getting on a tangent about equipment real fast for actually making podcasts, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. But a lot of people worry about like the space that they're in while recording. And if you've got a good cardioid, like hyper cardioid directional microphone, like the Shure SM7B, you don't really need to worry about sound treatment in your room very much. No. And And the sound treatment that a lot of people buy thinking they are making a big difference is like cheap sort of foam and that stuff almost does nothing it, it does really do tweak much. the high end a little bit but you really need it's called 705 rigid fiberglass insulation that's covered in a cloth of some kind or some sort of fabric that's what you really want to treat any type of room environment with to you know, knock down echoes and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause you want the sound to like, absorb into the medium and die in there, like reverberate inside that, yeah. um, that foam or, or that fiberglass and not come back out. That's basically the, Usually, the whole point. Yeah. I mean the alternative or yeah, there's one other instance in like certain rooms where you're recording instruments, they'll design, uh, the audio treatment to be, um, to actually deflect in a purposeful way yes. to, mm-hmm. to like get rid of certain, uh, frequencies that build up, uh, like for a drum kit or something like that. They'll have rooms literally tuned, uh, to yep. deflect audio in a way that kind of scatters it and doesn't, yeah, get these weird loud resonant frequencies that you have to deal with later in the mix. Right. But, it's um, but still all that less, is like a completely yeah. different, yeah, a but, completely different world of what podcasters need to be concerned about. Yeah. And, I mean, I just use a blue, I think it's a blue Yeti and it's a, um, it's a condenser, but it's super, super easy to use. Just plugs in by USB and it's, 
it's really easy. It's just a, it's just it's a significantly well, louder it, than yeah. It's for a, a lot room. more sensitive because it's got you know phantom power and it's yeah. a it's a legit. Um, it's mic. not a hypercardioid. I don't. I think yeah. it's got just a regular cardioid pattern. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was made from the company Blue specifically for like podcasting. Yeah. So it's like it really well great. suited. It's got you don't have to worry about an audio card or XLR cables. It's just boom, USB straight to your computer if you want, and uh, all the gain control and everything is right there on the mic. So it makes it really, really easy. And honestly, I bought two of those, one for each of us, thinking just this would keep it simple. And I found that like it's actually sort of important to have especially if you have two guys with the same accent and same sort of register of yeah. talking <laughs> good to have two different mics yeah. and kind of eq them differently as well and so they you know people can more easily tell the difference between who's talking i didn't realize how big of a problem that was until our first like 10 episodes or something yeah. it's like oh man we were getting this complaint a lot <laughs> yeah the other uh, the other common problem i see with a lot of podcasts even professional ones is gain control where they're somebody's just clipping and it's like there's really no excuse for that it should be super easy to dial back your gain enough to to not be clipping and most audio cards yeah i totally agree it it used to be that like in order to minimize noise in the recording you'd really need to get your gain as close to like the the yellow green area of the the input as possible, but not ever hit red. But nowadays, just like camera sensors, um, audio cards uh, have such good dynamic range that you can really record like far below the yellow, even yeah, if you're you looking can boost at a meter. It right up and be fine, and you can boost it right up and not have a ton of noise. It used to be it just just like camera sensors, right? How mm-hmm. you used to have to like get your exposure spot on, and you really couldn't push and pull the files. As the sensors got better, uh, that perfectly parallels with um, a lot of the audio equipment these days. And yeah. like you can under record your level so you never peak and boost it up with very, very little noise. Basically nothing you would ever hear unless you're recording at like negative 40 or something. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy how often people just are clipping like crazy, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts when you're yeah. dealing with essentially more than two or three pieces of equipment being like, the recording interface, the software that's doing it and the actual mic itself, plus all the other settings that it's a lot, it can be a lot to um, get right, but at a bare minimum, never be clipping in your, in your audio ever anywhere in, in any of your plugins. If you do any type of like um, mixing after the fact, never come close to clipping in any of your plugins. Yeah. I see that a lot where like the core audio might be fine, but then you throw on an EQ and you boost something plus 10 for yeah, whatever and reason. And, and something you are just goes nuts. Yeah. 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 Like you got to rain. It's called gain staging. Like any new plugin you add, like make sure the gain is properly staged and not clipping in any, any part of the chain, but yep. um, yeah. Good anyway. rule of thumb is softer is better. Softer is better. Yeah. But, um, well, it's interesting. I do compress our uh, um, conversations a lot. I run yeah. it through uh, a compressor on each side, each track of ours, and then a compressor on top of both, and then a limiter after that that just boosts everything up mm-hmm. um, to a more like commercial level. Uh, and it is tough because a lot of times we 
we do talk about the same level, but there's a lot of variability in our, uh, in our volume as we get excited or not <laughs> about a topic. And, uh, yeah, it's good to kind of play around with compressions, sort of like even the conversation out. I try not to rely. I mean, a lot of the podcast apps that are out there do that kind of stuff if you turn it on, but I try not to assume that people are going to have those features on right. or assume that it's going to like shorten silences in between us talking. Uh, like I actually go through and edit all those things out as best as I can now, which took me like 30 episodes to really realize and start doing, <laughs> uh, properly. I would always edit our talks, but it wasn't until like episode 30 or so where I was like, I need to start getting rid of a lot of these ums and ahs and just awkward gaps. Yeah. <laughs> I do so not assume. Yeah. Yeah. And not assume people are listening at two X with silence removed and stuff. Um, although I'm sure a lot of people are, but, um, I don't know. Do you actually listen to a lot of podcasts yet, Nathan? I feel like you never really did. Do I, uh, I, I go back and forth. Sometimes I listen to them for a long time. And then sometimes I go for like three or four months without listening to any, um, right now I've been listening to a few. I've been listening to hardcore history. Uh, Well, I, I went through all the way through, hardcore history and it was amazing uh my dad's a historian so i I love the history uh podcast yeah i think actually we've talked about that before somewhere along the way um and right now i've been on a coffee break italian kick because it's a great way to learn some conversational italian phrases and that one is recorded beautifully i love the recording of that one um real real pro places will actually send little rigs like in the mail to guests if they're interviewing nice you know, that's a good idea every time it's a really good kind of have a, a bullet point six step checklist to get it all set up and yeah it's very smart that's really cool um, um and one actually simple place to like have somebody like a rogue person who you have no idea what their setup is like is have them record if if at all possible in their car uh because yeah, it is naturally the car yeah the car is really good my 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 question though is mostly about if you do listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. which I do, do you have a speed boost? I listen oh. to everything at one point five, yeah. and it's so 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 funny to <laughs> to listen to something at one point five and then adjust it to one, and yeah. the people just sound stupid and drunk. Like <laughs> like like right now, the conversation we are having, you and I, even though I feel like I'm talking my normal speed, when I listen back to it in my app, it's going to sound like we're twice as energetic. Even though I, I don't listen at two x because that's too fast, but even one point five, like makes it very engaging and like bam 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 it's great and plus you just get through the information faster but as soon as i bring it back to real time speed it's going to sound like we're drunk and slow yeah uh which is really <laughs> fascinating to me yeah it, it's, it's uh, so I strange listen, how your brain gets uh, used to something yeah i listen to there's one podcast that i listen to sometimes um which is a it's a, a dorky gaming podcast called star citizen redacted podcast <laughs> Where they talk about Star Citizen all the time. And uh, that one I listened to at one cool. point, one and a half. Uh, because it, first nice. of all, it's two hours long. So if I'm ever in the car and I'm driving up to DC, uh, sometimes that can be real easy to, to just like knock through one and a half of them if I have to. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I like the one and a half speed on some podcasts, on others, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I do just for anybody else out there that's considering or does their own podcast in, in logic, uh, I do edit with a speed boost on. So I actually listen to us at like 80% speed and make all my edits through that. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
that way I don't have to listen to 45 minutes or an hour yeah. of recorded stuff. And it's, you know, half that, but nice. it makes the timing a little hard to pace, but, um, that's, that's okay. I'm not too worried about it. So switching gears slightly, I want to talk very quickly and get on a real quick soapbox about the Z seven and Z six card slots. Again, again. Okay. I want to talk about them again because my feelings have evolved slightly which is that um, after thinking about it a little more, after reading some, some different articles and some quotes by some other famous photographers, um, I decided that I don't care at all. And I think that people freaking out about freaking out that there is only one slot in these cameras don't remember that there's this thing that used to be called film, which is that <laughs> there was a roll of film that was 36 exposures, you shot it, you took it out of your camera, you put it in a bag, and, I don't know, a week, a month later, you got it developed. In that time, anything could have happened to it. Exactly. And you're it's generally, and nowadays, always almost, you're sending these rolls of film through the mail. Yes. Uh, to get developed. <laughs> I was I was reading something on Joe McNally, about Joe McNally, and Joe McNally was telling me, he's like, he doesn't care because he used to do shoots for National Geographic, shoot 200 rolls of film, put it in a box, and send ship it from India to wow. the United States to get developed. Lane could crash on the way there. The ship that's carrying these rolls of film could could sink. Somebody could steal them. And granted, we're dealing. It could, get, dealing, wet. It could yeah. get wet. It could get exposed um, and ruined. And those problems did actually happen. And some sometimes you just lose a roll of film. But and I and I I will say, granted, we are dealing with a different beast. Digital is a little bit different. There's corruption issues that can happen. And having redundant slots certainly does help. But I don't care anymore that it has one slot. And I feel like I would be comfortable using it as my primary camera if it's good. Um, because the, the thing I is, just it, has to, it still has to provide, I believe, a. Um, I don't think it's going to provide like a technical opportunity in the, in the. Well, it might with autofocus and, and low light and the EVF and the viewfinder. Like it has to provide some measurable advantage yes versus for me as a professional i feel like it has to have some measurable advantage over using a dslr yep. uh, because if i have the choice of the of everything else being equal having a second card slot you should choose the backup second card slot. Sure. everything else being equal. everything else being but equal. it does seem that we are going to see and realize advantages shooting mirrorless hopefully if nikon did it right hopefully um that does give us an edge, does give us shots we wouldn't otherwise have realized or had the opportunity to take with a DSLR. And so if that happens, even just a few times, even if it's one or 2% more, um, that shooting with a mirrorless is giving me one or 2% more keepers or more ideas or benefit or whatever, then yeah, I'm going to take it versus, uh, you know, yeah. shooting on two, two card slots just because. Yeah. And I'm going to be keeping an eye out as I use it in addition to my primary camera, which is a D5, in addition to that, I'm going to be I'm going to be using it with uh, as my secondary camera for a month or so. If I don't experience any corruption issues, if nobody else that I know that I read 
experience as any other corruption. Basically, if there are no known corruption issues with the yeah. Z series and the XQD cards, which who knows? I mean, I've been shooting XQD since the beginning, since sure. the D4, and never had an issue. Yeah, and so personally, um, that so assuming there, are, if there are no corruption issues that are popping up then i don't see any reason if again if it offers any any material advantages at all uh there's there's no reason not to not to roll the dice because you're not really rolling the dice in any other way than you've been doing in the past other than having a second yeah, card slot i mean right the d700 did not have a second card slot no, df didn't uh, have a card second card yeah. slot i guess we don't we don't have to keep drilling it down i think our opinions are pretty clear uh, it's pretty clear I, you know i, I know what's gonna happen we're gonna convince somebody to be like okay fine yeah. you know what? i'm just gonna order it and then they're gonna freaking lose all their images from a wedding and be and like, they're gonna Nathan say Nathan told me <laughs> but uh no you, you do I have to practice a, 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 a layer of due i mean having a second card slot is great because at the end of the wedding night I take one out yeah. and keep it on me. Yep, put it in my pocket. And, and keep one in my camera. So it is nice to immediately have a second location there um, in case something is stolen or damaged somewhere else. But you do have to have more due dil- diligence after the fact with immediately once that thing ejects from your, your camera, have a backup solution yep. as, you know, as quickly as you're able to in, in place. And I just, I really hope XQD catches on a little more. So we have some, you know, third party standalone hard drives or, or something that I we can just love, pop that sucker into. Yeah. Love an XQD hard drive reader. That needs to happen. But I'm a little concerned one. that Nikon is sort of contractually locked into using the Sony technology because Sony is holding something over Nikon or something, who knows, with the the development, the um, R&D that Sony has provided, I think, for Nikon. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with Nikon being the... I don't know that any Sony cameras, none of their mirrorless cameras use yeah, XQD. They don't, they don't use XQD. Um, I, it's, it's very strange. Very but strange. I do hope some of like the third-party you know, market forces come into play with the popularity of the Nikon Z series and, uh, yeah, give us some, some fast on the fly backup solutions. And, 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 you know, again, can't wait to try some of the app wireless transfer stuff just to see, I mean, the dream is to just like sit your camera down next to your computer and hit transfer and wirelessly everything gets sent. That would, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be sweet. I don't think we'll be there yet. Yeah. No, no XQD readers. Anyway, we had an entire other, yeah, they're not they're they're not even close. Oh right, yeah, um, we had another topic to talk about. We had a whole other topic, but uh, this has actually gone pretty long, and I think it's a good kind of catch up in between the last episode, so we can we can probably cut it short. Yeah, here, but I can. I'm curious where you're heading uh, heading next. So we're going to be in Modena tonight, and we're going to be at Francescana Fifty Eight, which is the the restaurant tonight. Uh, on your own now, or are you still connecting with wedding people and Francesca's you oh. know, group? We are on our own, so we are totally, nice. totally freewheeling um, right now, and so we are going to go to Florence tomorrow, Firenze tomorrow, and we will be there for three nights. T- sorry, two nights, uh, and then we are heading down to Roma for oh th- wait three nights. Did you just say you're going from Florence to Rome? Yes. Oh, on the Did- way, we're going to okay. stop in Orvieto. No, 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 no. You need to stop in Siena. Siena, right, you told me. And you need to go to, I'm going to say it here on the podcast, everybody knows, uh, one of the best, okay, I'm going to say the best meal I've ever had in my life, if you okay. like truffles. Do you like, you like truffles, I know you do. Um, 
like you the chocolate versions or no the no no mushroom mushrooms. version mushrooms i think that i'm not sure if i like them even though i love mushrooms but you love you will love this place then i'm telling you okay this place is called restaurante tartufo which i think just means truffles <laughs> um and it is just fantastic i have sent two people there um, and told them nothing about it other than I highly recommend making a trip to Siena just to go to this restaurant. And both times they came out saying they had one of the best meals of their entire lives there. Okay. And it is a simple, you know, kind of nice, but you don't have to dress up anything. Like it's a great we'll little dress place. Dress and uh, it's called Restaurante Tartufo, T-U-F-O. Yep. And uh, I didn't want to set expectations and build it up in people's minds because I feel like that just sets people up to like have expectations impossible to meet. But I'm just going to say it. Like it's it's one of the best meals you'll ever have. And, it looks incredible. Uh, I'm it's worth at... going to just because Siena is a beautiful medieval city. Oh, and right it there. should be right on your way between Rome and uh, Florence, I believe. Siena, yep. the, the cities should be right, right in between. Yep. So I also have a local photographer friend that lives there. I could definitely connect to you and he'll give you like the full white glove tour. Okay. And he's just a great guy to know anyway. But for anybody listening, if you're thinking about Siena, go to Restaurante Tartufo. Tartufo. It's the only oh. restaurant review I've ever left on TripAdvisor because it was so good. Really? <laughs> yes. All right. I'm excited. The, the restaurant that we're eating at tonight is the second restaurant started by uh oh boy i'm gonna forget his name i'm gonna look it up really quickly oh massimo he's a famous chef from modena and he started osteria francescana in i want to say the 90s or the 80s okay and it is now god's third michelin star and in 2016 it was called the best restaurant in the world so he has wow you can't get reservations there i think like only i think you can get reservations there like a year in advance uh and i think meals cost upwards of like three or four hundred euros a person Uh, so we're not going there um but he started a new (laughs) restaurant that's a little bit more affordable um that's uh that's but it's a it it's a menu that he's curated and he's in charge of that one too so it should be pretty amazing it's like all well, sort of a la carte. Uh, I, I can think of, other foods. than maybe France, no no better country to splurge on expensive good oh food. Oh my God, dude. And yeah. dude, when we get to Rome, we have, I think, three or four reservations like already booked up. We have days set nice. up where we're going to just be eating three or four meals throughout the day, uh, multiple days. And I'm so excited. Well, that's a good place to end it. Yep. Uh, travel safe. Thanks. We'll I'll hit talk you up in a couple of days. Maybe yeah, exactly. Uh, if your Wi-Fi is as good. Hopefully. Uh, we'll see. So, all right. All right. Later on. All right.